people are a bit like rivers as well, where mm-hmm. they'll follow the path of least resistance generally. Mm-hmm. So if it's easier to pollute a lot, people will tend to pollute a lot. If it's easy to have a big positive impact on the environment, Welcome, guys, to another week of Funny Business. Today with me, I have John Munn from Zero Smart. John, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you on the show. Before we dive into what Zero Smart exactly is and your entrepreneurial process with all of that, I love getting to know a little bit more of the backstory of each of our guests. So, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Yeah, so you can probably tell from the accent. I'm from the UK. I grew up in a, in a small town in a place called Lincolnshire. Uh, the town's called Grantham. It's just some really quite small town by British standards. Not really a lot going on there. It was different, my childhood, I guess. I went to quite a rough school. Like, I remember at, at times, for example, the, the head teacher, the principal of the school, being shot by the kids uh, with BB guns. Uh, yeah, I saw your face. <laughs> not too crazy, but like BB guns and things. And that was not too abnormal or teachers being locked in cupboards and, and things like that and it's i think going through that school was really useful because it gave me a different perspective on life and mm. um, but in terms of academic attainment the school wasn't necessarily the best place for that it, it definitely gave me one set of skills that's quite different to the skills that I, I tend to use in business but it was interesting growing up in Grantham. Could imagine. So I, I take it you went to a little bit of the school of hard knocks in that kind of situation. A little bit, yeah. And I think that's great for prepping you for life. Like um, <laughs> so, sometimes, well, poop happens, um, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, you just got to kind of get on with it. And yeah, it, 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 was, it was different growing up. Like I, I love my hometown. Like it, it's, it's a hell of a place, but it's definitely got a character about it. Okay, so how did you go from your teachers getting locked in cupboards and your principal getting shot with BB guns to all of a sudden now you're an entrepreneur with Zero Smart? Take me through that process. Yeah, uh, totally accidentally, as a lot of people's business stories tend tends to go with, where they, they've got an idea and they kind of dabble in it, try things out, and it grows and grows and t- tends to go somewhere. I was fortunate enough to, to go to university, so I, I left my hometown for a while. And while at university, uh, there were quite a lot more opportunities. Mm. And one such opportunity came up, and I ended up starting a brewery while I was at university. Okay. Um, which was fun. Makes you quite popular among all the other students as well, which is always great. Um, and kind of, it, it just went from there, you know. So that, that was one thing, and we did quite well with that. And then I started another business, and then I started another business. And it's just kind of, I suppose it's, always been a natural inclination. I was one of the, the people at school who was always selling things and, and as almost every entrepreneur I'm sure you spoke to was that kid at school. And I was the same, you know, it was, I was always selling things at school and it just kind of, as more opportunities came up, I was like, yeah, I'll try this. And yeah, I just kind of got into it. Okay, so how did you get to this point in your career? And where do you discover your insights for how to run Zero Smart? Yeah, I'll start with insights first. Insights are always really interesting because it comes from a a real blend of things. I think the more data points you have, 
usually the better insights you've got. Obviously, there's noise with data sometimes that you need to learn how to factor out. But if you've got different lenses, really, to look at things, that really helps you understand and, and focus your efforts better. So, for example, having even a rudimentary understanding of psychology really helps with marketing, mm. as an example. So, in terms of where I got my insights from, I, that comes from a, a blend of areas too. I think part of it's the education I have had and the experiences that I've had. But also, I like reading quite a lot, so as an audio books, online courses. I do at least four courses every year. Okay. And keep myself fresh. And yeah, those insights come from a, a mix of interpreting the data and, and kind of listening to the, the people that are best in their field for things. That that makes a big difference. They can unlock doors or make you look at something in a way that you would never have looked at otherwise. You know, it make a it make a big difference. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite book or a course that you like recommending to people? I recommend two things a lot. And the first one I recommend is the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss. It's mm. very, very popular. It's one that's very widely recommended for a good reason. You know, a lot of this in there is, is actionable, it's interesting. The other one I really like is Maverick by mm. Ricardo Semler. Okay. And um, he's just got a very different way of approaching business. And although I don't agree with everything that's in there, it's an entirely different perspective that's, that's becoming more common now. But he wrote that in the 80s. It, changed the way I looked at business and changed the way that I approached people generally, especially within business as well, which, yeah, business is people, you know, you've got to get the most out of, out of people and, and work with people as well. So that, that had a, a very proud impact and it's, it's one of the ones I would recommend to people. Definitely worth checking out. So where did the concepts for the company of Zero Start even begin? Yeah, so Zero Smart began during the pandemic. So previously to that, I was running a, an organization that did digital education across multiple countries worldwide. And um, but we held, we were quite reliant on physical events. And so when the pandemic came, that was a real toll of the bell for us mm. with, with that organization. And there was other things that happened behind the scenes. And it was just a case of, yeah, maybe it's time to move on to the next thing. And kind of while all that was going on, we were becoming more aware of pollution and our own carbon footprint. So I don't know if you guys remember, but when things locked down, uh, if you've got a river nearby you, we were walking along the river and the river was the cleanest I've ever seen it. It was just crystal clear. And I was like, whoa, what's going on with this river? Like, and it sounds really silly, but I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to look like. And <laughs> All the other times it's not like that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe there's something in this. And I've always been interested in reducing my own carbon footprint anyway. And we just looked more into it, myself and my partner. And we realized that it's quite hard to reduce your carbon footprint significantly. So we took a, a data approach to it as well, where it's how can we find the places that give the biggest leverage, have the biggest impact, the biggest positive impact. And a lot of people don't take that step first. I think that's a really important thing to do, whether that's in business or whether that's anything else in your life. What can I do that has the biggest impact now? You know? Yeah. And so we looked into that and we're like, okay, yeah, the cycling's great, 
that actually there are other things that we can do that have a bigger impact. Um, so there's something called carbon offsetting, for example, and a lot of people are familiar with tree planting. And mm. um, carbon offsetting is a mix of tree planting and supporting projects that reduce and remove uh, carbon from the atmosphere, uh, like hydroelectricity plants or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we wanted to support more stuff like that, and it was just it was impossible to find anybody that was actually good and trustworthy and to, to do it. And we were like, okay, yeah, this this is silly. Like, unless we've got millions of pounds to spend on, on government-type projects, it's just it's not possible for a regular person. So we wanted to make it easy for people. So not only for ourselves, but for the community. People are a bit like rivers as well, where mm -hmm. they'll follow the path of least resistance, generally. Mm -hmm. So if it's easier to pollute a lot, people will tend to pollute a lot. If it's easy to have a big positive impact on the environment, people will do that, you know? Mm. So we wanted to make it easy for other people to have a positive impact as well. So that's why we started Zero Smart, so that regular people have the means and the ability to have a genuinely world-class, enormous positive impact on the environment at very reasonable prices and without having to give up all of your time doing X, Y, and Z. Right. having that leveraged big For those people at home that are listening, uh, what's like one of the easiest things that they can do to start making a big impact today? Yeah, so in terms of your own carbon footprint, reducing it, you should always reduce uh, and then look to offset. Uh, you can do both at the same time, but there are easy wins for reduction. Uh, changing your energy supplier enormous, enormous impact. About 20% of your carbon footprint is your electricity, your gas, things like that. Switching to a renewable supplier, somebody that only uses renewable energy sources, has an enormous positive impact. Very, very easy, usually cheaper. It's, it, it, it's a no-brainer. So you're talking that stuff like, you're talking stuff like solar power and wind power? Yeah, so not necessarily installing solar, power, uh, solar panels on your roof. I appreciate not everybody can do that if you live in an apartment or anything, anything like that, and there's a cost. But switching the provider. So mm -hmm. whoever it is that actually provides that electricity to your building, switching to somebody that is a renewable supplier mm -hmm. has, a, has a very big impact. Um, same thing with banks. Banks have an outsized impact. If you choose to bank with somebody that's more sustainable, that has an enormous impact on your overall carbon footprint. Huh. I never would have thought about my bank. That's crazy. Okay, so what were some of your earliest business mistakes and what did you learn from them? Yeah, so I think the biggest one is worrying too much about branding. Mm. Um, people spend, branding is important, don't get me wrong, but with my, with my brewery, I spend uh, six months figuring out the the logo and the website and the colors to use and all this and it was beautiful like it worked really well but six months it probably wasn't worth you know it probably wasn't worth six months I think that's a, it's a big mistake that I see a lot of people make often and um, there are companies out there that are super successful that have awful names and awful logos but they really help you solve your problem. So people go with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, my biggest early mistake was just spending way too much time on the wrong things.
mm. spending too much time on, on logo design and stuff like that. And honestly, people don't really care what your logo is uh, a lot of the time. Instead of worrying about your branding and whatnot, what do you wish you had spent your time on? I wish that I spent a little bit more time on the data and seeing what actually, especially in the early days, now I'm, I'm quite data-driven with things, but it's saying, okay, this had this impact. Mm -hmm. How can I do more of the thing that has the biggest impact? Where is the leverage here? Where is the, the, the small task that has an outsized impact? And how do I do more of that? I think starting, just, just starting is very undervalued with business. People spend so much time planning or doing the branding and, and things like that. And you can get into kind of analysis paralysis. You, you stop, you overthink it sometimes. And you don't actually start what it is you intended to start. Mm. And the best way of learning a lot of the time is by doing. So just getting something out there and then learning how to improve it and, and build on it, I think it is, is really valuable. Um, I think it was Reed Hoffman that, that said, uh, you jump off a cliff and build the plane on the way down. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and if, if you've launched, if you're not embarrassed by your first version that you launched, you've launched too late. Mm. Like, they're super shared quotes, that they're, they're becoming a bit cliche, I guess, but definitely fall behind them in the sense that Get started and then keep going, keep improving from there. Don't waste time on things that don't add real value to your customer. So how does a company have a carbon footprint and can you explain that a bit? Yeah, so firstly, every living thing has a carbon footprint. Um, even philosophical things like companies have a carbon footprint because the organization, everything, every activity that they do uh, has some impact on the environment. And um, so that could be the workers commuting to the place of work or the materials that are available in the office or that you use during production, anything like that. They all have a, a cost to mm -hmm. them. So whether that's the materials that you use in the production or to move things or yeah, the energy that, that's being used there. So companies have quite a large carbon footprint, mostly because they've got quite large operations. They, they do more things than any one individual does. As a company or an organization, you're doing lots of things. So there are areas that the company has that contribute significantly to the, the company's carbon footprint. One of the biggest ones is, is they're actually their employees. Mm. So Every single person, the way that they travel to work, what they do during the course of the day, et cetera, has an enormous carbon footprint. So the, the carbon footprint just means how much pollution, quote unquote, they have emitted, how much energy they have used, how many, how many resources they have used. Okay, Carbon footprint is just the total of that. So the first step really is companies recognizing what contributes most to their carbon footprint. Again, it's about finding that leverage. Uh, what can we do that will have the biggest impact in reducing our carbon footprint? For the large majority of companies, that's probably going to be things related to their workforce. 
Mm -hmm. So workforce policies, but also just reducing the footprint of their workforce as a whole. So what we, as Zero Smile, we work primarily with individuals and, and families, but we've also started offering uh, solutions for companies as well, because we've had a lot of people come to us and say like, look, I love this. How can I do more of this with the organization that I'm in? So we started offering a way for employees to measure the carbon footprint of their workforce mm. and to offset the carbon footprint of their workforce. Cool. So uh, for those who don't know, offsetting is a bit like, say you think of a balanced scale. Uh, on one side, that's how much you polluted. Mm -hmm. Okay. On the other side, it's how much pollution you removed from the atmosphere. Okay. So you should always aim to reduce the amount you polluted in the first place. Sure. Okay? But one of the ways you can balance the scales is by planting trees or supporting projects that would reduce and remove pollution across the world. Mm -hmm. okay? So that's what offsetting. So it's all about offering solutions for companies to reduce their pollution in the first place and then to remove pollution from the atmosphere as well at the same time. So that's what we at Zero Smart do. Um, and that's how we help companies reduce their carbon footprint. Okay, so how do you even begin talking to a company about something like their carbon footprint? That's not something that most companies have at the forefront of their mind. No, um, which is a real shame because a lot of people see it as a cost. A bit how uh, some companies see marketing as a cost, which always blows my mind. Like marketing isn't a cost, it's a profit driver. You know, it's the thing that's bringing people in. And, and it's, it's a bit like the carbon footprint side of things. People, consumers, and other companies like to work with companies that are doing positive things, that are sustainable. Um, people like to buy from sustainable companies. And so it ends up being a, a profit-driving activity by making yourself more sustainable. Not only are you doing good things for the world, but actually it makes people more likely to buy from you, want to buy from you more. And top talent now, top talent doesn't want to just work for some faceless organization that's making billions of pounds of them. A lot of top talent now wants to be somewhere that has a mission, you know, actually does good things in the world. Um, Definitely a trend, particularly among younger people, but across generations too. People like to work for good people, you know. So if you can show talent and you can show potential customers that, hey, we're not some faceless organization, we're actually doing good things and we want to do good things, not only is that just good for your moral conscience, like it's also a good business decision. So when we talk to businesses, the absolute first thing we do is try to make them aware of that and be like, this isn't some hippie crap. Like, this isn't some hippie thing. This is a good business decision. Mm. This is a business decision that will help you get more customers, better value customers. People are willing to spend more on more sustainable products, things like that. Yeah. And this, this, this decision is morally good, but makes good business sense as well. So yeah. I think getting over that getting over that hurdle first is really important. The next step is, is then saying, okay, you understand that it makes good business sense. How do we do this? Where is the leveraged area that we can reduce your footprint as a business, reduce the amount of pollution that you admit, 
uh, reduce your impact uh, so that you can do good things. How do, how do we do that? Yeah. And a lot of it is data-driven in the yeah. sense of, okay, the average company like yours, this is what happens. Um, I'm just thinking about the practices that they're going into. So this is kind of the crux of uh, funny business. I, uh, there always seems to be somebody else out there doing exactly what we're doing, regardless of what business you're in. But they're doing it just a little bit better. And I love the idea that good artists, they borrow or they create on their own, but great artists steal. So my question is, is what did you steal from somebody else and how did you put your own twist on it for your business? I think one of the main things we stole or creatively borrowed um, <laughs> Love that. is landing pages is okay. definitely a big thing realizing how to structure the landing page through. Obviously, well, we've not only put our own twist on it, we've taken it and improved it, uh, I believe at least, but trying to design that through so that it works well with the customer and what they think is really important. One of the things that we got wrong at the start is people's understanding. So for a lot of people, terms like carbon footprint are relatively new. And people, things like climate change is sometimes uh, a, a difficult term for people, not necessarily understanding what it means, but also there's a, a context there as well, sometimes. At the start, we focused a lot on the scientific projects, okay? And we noticed, especially with other organizations in this space, that people find it difficult to understand the scientific projects. Mm. People really understand trees. Trees are quantifiable. Yeah. And if it's, oh, I planted 100 trees, that's great. People understand that. People are like, yeah, there's 100 of this thing that I've done. Okay. In terms of how many tons of CO2 you reduce, it's a bit more abstract. Sure. So one of the things we definitely leaned on our competition with, uh, looked at the marketplace with, is making that, quantifying that impact better. Mm. So adding trees as part of the offer so that people can say, okay, yeah, it's like this, but also trying to explain what one ton of CO2 is, like what it's equivalent to, sure. and what that means, you know? So, yeah, we, we've definitely stolen from certain competitors that quantifiability that making it more simple for people that's been, that's been a big thing yeah yeah that's that's always something we we preach actually in our Herman brothers university courses is trying to take something and taking an abstract number and trying to make it personal so it's like oh you don't say that the product's five bucks you say it's for less than a price of a cup of coffee yeah, and people absolutely. go people all of a sudden make that click and they go oh that's cheap even though some yeah. people might get $10 cups of coffee because they're crazy or, <laughs> or they might do the homebrew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things. Making it personal always helps people understand a little bit better. So I love that you've taken that. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's personal and, and quantifiable. Something that you understand related yeah. to something within their, their day-to-day life so that they, they understand the impact. Yeah. Really, really important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so 
as you're running your business, obviously this is a new business and you're probably all over the place trying to uh, get all these new companies to make sure that they're going green. Um, how do you achieve efficiency with the sheer amount that you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? I really like the Eisenhower matrix. Okay. Uh, for people that don't know, it kind of categorizes your tasks by important or urgent. Mm. And it helps you choose whether or not that's something you should do, whether that's something you should schedule for later, whether that's something you should delegate, or you should not bother doing at all. Mm. One of the things that people wrong about the Eisenhower matrix, they always look at this section of urgent, important tasks that they should do now. They do that first. Mm. And a lot of the time working backwards from what tasks should I delete, what tasks aren't that urgent, aren't that important. Um, helps you delete more things. Mm. So in terms of efficiency, there's, there's always going to be something more to do, something else you should be doing, especially as a startup. There's, there's a million and one tasks you should be doing every day. Uh, saying no to things is very, very important and keeping it as simple as possible. Um, almost every task is a full-time job. And um, every social media channel can be its own full-time job. And um, running ads can be a full-time job. The operations of the business can be an all-time job, full-time job, etc. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people, when they first start a business, try and do all of them. They're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. Right. And each one of those is a full-time job. And you're one person or you're a very small team. And you end up doing lots of things poorly where it's way more efficient to do one or two things really well. Yeah. Definitely, definitely keeping things as simple as possible. What is the minimum viable product that will work? Like what do people actually value? What do they value most? Mm -hmm. And how can I give that to them? Like how can I make it as simple for them and as simple for me to give them as much value as possible? That's the question you should always be asking. Uh, what's the simplest way this could be done? Um, on top of that, data, 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 definitely. Um, trying to spot where the point is that has the biggest impact. I think funnel tracking is very important for that. Uh, and seeing, okay, X number of people went from this stage to this stage. Uh, figuring out, okay, if I focus on this bit, how many people will that increase things by, for example? Yeah. Uh, you can do that with pretty much every decision. Uh, think about where, what can I be doing that has the biggest impact today? If I only had one hour today, what would I do that would actually make a difference? Mm. And try and approach every hour that you do have like that. Limiting the number of hours that you work actually help a lot there because then you're forced to work against deadlines. And I don't know about other people, but I definitely work better against a hard deadline. Yeah. Okay, so what is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome to date when it comes to business? I think with Zero Smart, it was definitely helping people understand the terms and the impact that they can have. A lot of people have spent a lot of time thinking that if they recycle everything in their life, that that means they're carbon neutral. There's 
not great understanding in terms of where your impact comes from, mm. uh, both as an individual and as a, an organization. That's a big hurdle to overcome, and we're still in the process of, of, of overcoming that, where it's, recycling is great and absolutely you should, you should recycle, but for the average citizen in the UK, that will mm. only reduce their carbon footprint by about 0.2 tonnes. And the average carbon footprint in the UK is 13.4 tonnes. So Ooh. as a percentage, it's teeny, teeny, tiny. Right. And that's if we recycle everything and it's actually recycled. Uh, a lot of government processes actually just ship it abroad. Uh, right. that's, that's a whole different thing. Right. Um, overcoming that understanding, that false understanding, is, is tough of you think you should be doing this, but actually this only has this tiny impact. If you did this thing, it would have an enormous impact in the hundreds of tons. And you can actually do this and it doesn't need to cost a million pounds. Like it, it's six pound a month kind of thing. And it's that would have a far bigger impact than all that time, money, effort that you spend doing these other things that are a bit silly. You know, it's that's definitely our biggest hurdle. Um, and I imagine that would be an ongoing hurdle for quite some time because there's been some nefarious forces that have kind of been giving people the wrong information for a number of decades now. Mm. Uh, educating people on that, uh, how they can have a real impact, yeah. a genuine impact. That's, that's always going to be a challenge, I think. Okay, what do you like the best about what you do? Doing good feels good. Um, helping people and that moment where they go, holy shit, man, like, this is great. Like, that means everything, you know, like helping people have a real impact and just be amazed by something that they've done and that you've helped them do is so rewarding. Yeah. That's definitely the thing that I enjoy most about the company. Enjoy most about Zero Smart, definitely. And just, I think every business, that's what you're trying to achieve with every single customer. You're trying to achieve that, that wow moment. Uh, oh, this is, this is exactly what I wanted. Or this is great. Or how did this, this person know that this is so perfect, you know? And it's, I think no matter what business you run, that's what you're trying to achieve. And I think that's, that's the magic of, of entrepreneurship, achieving that moment with, with people and, and scaling that so you can help even more people experience that. Okay, so this is kind of a three-part question. Who's your ideal client? Where can they go to find out more about you? And what should their first steps be to get in contact with you if they wanted to work with you? Yeah, so our ideal client is UK-based. Okay. Um, somebody that wants to do more about the, about the environment doesn't necessarily need to know what that means or what more they want to do. They just know that they want to do more. That's the ideal client, definitely. Um, in terms of where they can find out more, it's zerosmart.co.uk. Um, if it's a business, it's zerosmart.co.uk forward slash business. Uh, for individuals, if you just go to the, the regular homepage, there's all the information there. Cool. Inter people are also welcome to contact me on my email as well, which is just john at zerosmart.co.uk. Any questions you've got, 
if you want to reduce your carbon footprint or if you want to work with us in any capacity, just get in touch and I'm happy to help. Zero Smarts, a social enterprise. So we're all about doing good in the world. Cool. Uh, that's our core mission is how much good we do in the world. So if there's any way that I can help you, any questions that you've got, I'm happy to. Okay. Awesome. Anyway, for those of you at home, I hope you've learned something awesome about keeping yourself and your company a little bit greener. And uh, like and share this with a friend and subscribe to the channel. All right, I'll see you next week. And thank you, John, for being on the show. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.